This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. You are listening to the one radio show that welcomes Freemasons and Catholics alike. We welcome everybody who listens, who would like to listen to this program. Uh, Russians and Ukrainians, Jews and Palestinians, you name it. If you want to see a Palestinian flag... Where would you go? Presumably, you would go to the Gaza Strip, maybe the West Bank, right? Well, you don't need to travel that far. If you want to see a Palestinian flag proudly on display, because there is currently a Palestinian flag proudly flying on a flagpole in North Andover Township, Massachusetts. That's right. A Massachusetts town has approved flying the Palestinian flag for a month despite heated debates among its residents in the wake of the Hamas terrorist attack on Israel back in October. The black, white, green, and red flag of the Palestinian Liberation Organization was hoisted below the American flag and the Palmia, the prisoner of war flag, on the North Andover Town common flagpole. And what happened? College student Selma Kyle originally petitioned for the Palestinian flag to be raised after the town had flown the Israeli flag on the same pole following the Hamas terror attacks. A lot of the residents, as you might imagine, are not too happy. Today, we, the town of North Andover, must ask, is this still the same reasonable, safe and welcoming town? Is this the flag we would like our children to see? The answer must be no. Is our cause in North Andover going to be symbolized as the cause of Hamas, whose only goal is to slaughter all the Jews and eradicate the state of Israel from the river to the sea? That flag is being raised in rallies that call for murder. That flag is being used the people... I hope that what I'm about to say is consistent with what I've said prior, and I think it is, because these issues have come up before, when a town wants to wave a uh, Black Lives Matter flag, 
or some people in the town want to wave a gay pride flag. In fact, there's one town that they wouldn't put up the gay pride flag because the leadership in that town, it's not because, but the leadership in the town happens to be Muslim. And the Muslim leadership in that town didn't think fondly of the gay pride flag. What I have said, I think, again, I don't remember what I did yesterday, so who knows what I said a month ago, six months ago, a year ago. What I have said consistently, I hope, is that I think this is all ludicrous. I think the only flags that should be permitted on a public flagpole are the United States flag, the American flag, your state flag, the municipality's flag, and because there are special um, arrangements, the prisoner of war flag. I just do not go for flying any other flags, whether it's the Black Lives Matter flag, the Ukrainian flag. To me, it's ridiculous on public property. Unfortunately, though, the township here, given the rules that were in place at the time, And given what the Supreme Court has ruled, did the right thing. Here's what the, the, because this issue has come before the Supreme Court before. There was a Supreme Court case, and you could look it up yourself, in Shirtliff v. Boston. And this is one of the rare Supreme Court cases that is totally unanimous. And... In that case, the Supreme Court ruled 9 nothing that having boards that were picking what was going up on the flag, they had to make content-neutral decisions on flags unless the town restricts flagpoles to government speech only. And that's right after they voted to put the Palestinian flag up for a month That is precisely what the folks in this Massachusetts town did. The old policy allowed anyone to petition to have any flag raised in the town after approval by the select board, resulting in the flagpole being considered a public forum. So it might include the Ukrainian flag, the um, gay pride flag, anything else. Just six hours after they placed the request to put the Palestinian flag up there, the town updated its flag-flying policies, and I think updated them for the better. The old policy allowed anyone to petition to have any flag raised in the town. With the updated policy, the notion of the flagpole being used as a public forum was removed, and instead will be limited to statements of governmental speech only. American flag, POW flag, flag of the state of Massachusetts. Honestly, I cannot understand why every municipality in America would not adopt this policy. I really think they should, and I hope they do. Because this is crazy. This this flag argument is going to play out in every municipality in America. That doesn't already have this particular rule. I'm not sure what the New York City rule is, but I assure you, if we don't have a rule regarding government speech only, I'm going to look into it. 
But I will guarantee you there's going to be someone pushing to fly the Israeli flag and someone pushing to fly the Palestinian flag. It just opens such a can of worms. So I'd love to know your thoughts on this. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Should the Palestinian flag be permitted? Why or why not? In this case, it's clear that they, under the rules that, they, that were in place, which they changed immediately after, they, if they're going to be consistent with their own rules, they had to allow this. Should the Israeli flag, have been permitted. Maybe you're okay with that, but not the Palestinian flag, because of a lot of people view, as you heard some of those folks there, the Palestinian flag as a symbol of hatred and anti-Semitism and as a flag that's being flown at uh, hate rallies. Or should any flag other than the uh, United States flag and the local governmental flags be permitted? I say no. I say no flags that for foreign countries or anybody else. I didn't I don't even like it when municipalities put up flags of other states. I, I don't have as much of a problem with that as I do foreign countries, but I, I don't I don't love it. When Mayor Giuliani was uh, was mayor late in his term, his second term, and again, I'm a huge Giuliani fan. I think he was probably the best mayor New York ever had, uh, possibly only m- matched by Fiorella LaGuardia. But it doesn't mean I can't be critical, and I want—I am and was. The, he did a thing where, to kind of mock Hillary Clinton, he flew the flag of the state of Arkansas over, over City Hall. And I didn't think that was appropriate either. I mean, people raised an issue that part of the um, symbolism of the Arkansas flag at that time had to do with the Confederacy, and they said that he was honoring the Confederacy. I didn't, I didn't have an issue with that aspect of it. I had an issue with the fact that you're in New York. Don't fly the flag of Arkansas. So I kind of feel, I've not kind of, I do feel the same way here. You should only fly governmental flags. That's my view. What do you think? Maybe you're okay with the Israeli flag, but not the Palestinian flag. Maybe you're okay with both. Or maybe like me, you're okay with neither. 800-848-9222. Uh, two open lines if you want to comment. Let me begin with Ron in Michigan. What do you think, Ron? Frank, in uh, Michigan, there's a municipality uh, around Detroit that is predominantly uh, Palestinian, and they fly the uh, PLO flag on their flagpole. And uh, okay. And one more, one more point, if I may, Frank. Um, I was, I'm still against the war in Russia, Ukraine. But I've changed my position. I want as many Russians killed as possible because of their support for Hamas. Plain and simple. Kill more Russians. As long as American soldiers are not involved in, in, in the killing and there's retaliation on Americans. But I say kill Hamas, kill the Russian soldiers also. All right. Well, I uh, obviously not only completely disagree with you, but I, I find that kind of vile and um, really sickening, actually. I I don't have the words to explain my contempt for someone that is rooting for more human beings to die because they happen to uh, be in the military of a nation, or you didn't even specify military, but being part of a nation that's 
at war with someone else. Do you think the average rank-and-file Russian has a strong feeling about invading Ukraine to the point where they would risk their live, uh, lives and go to die over Ukraine or Israel or, the, or Gaza? I don't. I think in the case of both the Russians and the Ukrainians, most of these are conscripts. They've been drafted into the military. You know what I think most people want to do, whether they're Russian, Ukrainian, uh, Israeli, whatever. I think they want to go about their lives, raise their family, and that's it. Return home without dying because your government has sent you to war somewhere. I completely disagree with you. Honestly, I find that vile. 800-848-9222. We're now completely off the beaten path in spite of the stellar job of phone screening that uh, Nick does, which has been praised by Rick and Rocco. In spite of that, we're off the beaten path. 800-848-9222. David is in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hi, David. Yes, uh, good morning. Okay, I happen to agree with you for, actually, we agree more often than people think. But um, on this issue, I do agree with you. Foreign flags should not be flown on government property, period. I'm not so sure about some of these other flags, like gay pride or whatever. I think if people vote for that to happen, that should be. But foreign flags, no way. We're in the United States of America. We're not in Israel. We're not in whatever people want to call it, Palestine or whatever. And those flags should not be flown. I think it sends a, a message of divisiveness, which is something we don't need more of. And um, I, I just think it's a bad idea. I'm glad that they changed the rule because they had to do what they did because their their old rule was poorly written. Right. So I'm glad they made the change. And I hope that more cities follow their lead so that we can avoid this nonsense in the future. Well, it's not Thanks. even and should think, Dave, but it's not even a question of being poorly written. The Supreme Court said if you're going to allow some non-governmental speech, you have to allow you have to be content neutral. You can't say I like the Ukrainian's flag, but not the Russian flag or I like the Israeli flag, not the um, not the Palestinian flag. So I, I agree with you. I, I do hope that uh, they uh, that every town in America adopts this 800-848-9222. Andrea is in New Jersey. Hi, Andrea. Yes, hi. I'm from Washington Township in Bergen County, and over the last year, we have had such a crisis in our middle school over the fact that the Board of Ed decided to have the policy you're discussing, which is only the American flag or the state flag flying over in the middle school. The end result is that it's been crazy here at the board meetings because they want the LGBTQ flag flown in the middle school. So now they've overturned the board that made that policy on not flying any of uh, anything but the American flag or the state flag. And so now we'll have a new board installed in January. So it'll be very interesting to see what the, they overturn that policy and what flags are going to be flying. So the, from the, if I understand schools. it, Andrea, the, the new policy is that they do allow any any kind of flag, non-governmental flags? No, no. no they, the, the policy in place right now 
before these new board members that have been elected come in, the policy is no other flag but, like you said, the American flag. And right, governmental, flag. governmental speech. Governmental flags only. And when that policy went into effect, we've had hundreds of people at every board meeting. It's been crazy, along with the uh, with the teachers screaming about being homophobic. Oh, my goodness. Board. Oh, yeah. my. Uh, that is crazy. I'm glad you told me about that, Andrea, because I didn't know about that. Thank you. You know, if you want to fly a um, gay pride flag or a Black Lives Matter flag or a Blue Lives Matter flag or a Ukrainian flag or an Israeli flag or, yes, a Palestinian flag in front of your home, go for it. But for you to co-opt public property to put up the flag that you think people should see, it's ridiculous. It's it's absurd. I, I can't even believe, I mean, I can believe, but I can't even believe that there are municipalities that allow public resources for people to put up whatever kind of fa- flag they want. I, um, you know, if I had my druthers, I would have four flags in front of my house, but my wife has capped us at two flags. So we'll see. I'm working on her. I'm working on her. I'm hoping if I do a uh, a sufficient job with wood chopping, maybe I can chop my way into a third flag. We'll see. 800-848-9222. Steve is in Manhattan. Hi, Steve. All right, Frank. And uh, just fly that old glory. Now, uh, I got to remind the audience that next week, Monday, Frank will be doing the show from the grassy knoll. That's right. And uh, remember now, the Kennedy assassination is a cottage industry. People wrote books about it. I wrote two books about it. Uh, but the interesting figure is what uh, Mark Shaw talked about, Dorothy Kilgallen. Uh, she was an investigative journalist, a gossipist. That's why she went at it with Frank Sinatra. She didn't like what she was writing. She was also a radio host, too. And uh, she did have a lot of information there. But I would caution people, uh, you know, realize it is a cottage industry. Um, I would say if you go back in that time period, uh, Senator Barry Goldwater did not like Lyndon Johnson, right? Uh, Dorothy Kilgallen, I think, had a mini crush on JFK. But the thing, when you go back to the assassination, I would tell people um, there's a doctor who was in the emergency room, was Dr. Charles Crenshaw. Years back, it's on the internet. He did an interview with 2020. It is an excellent interview for any person who was in a, you know, really likes this kind of stuff. And um, a couple of things I have a problem with, obviously, is Jack Ruby. I, there's no way, I mean, I don't, no way is Jack Ruby shooting Lee Harvey Oswald because he loves the Kennedy family. We know that's total BS. The rifle Oswald used was a single bolt action. They were used to rifles and those. That thing has to be bolted open, bullet in, closed, relined the, sh- the target. He did that three, four times. No way did that happen. My opinion, that shot that killed President Kennedy, and I, I, you really never say this, but I believe it came from the front. It obviously came from the front. It, it came in at an angle. It came in below the president's hairline and blew out the back of his head. That's the shot that killed him. Now, if you talk to any of these people about this assassination, really does anybody ever tell you or talk about 
the pre, you know, how the president's head wounds, because that's what killed him. That, yeah, that's all I, the evidence. I'm going to try and get a hold of Cyril Wecht on this front on um, Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. We'll see if we can get him back. He's, you know, he's getting up there in years. He's in his 90s, I believe now. So late nights are a bit of a, a struggle for him, but he's got a lot of energy, at least the last time we spoke, which was about a year or two ago. So I'm going to reach out to him and see what he says. He he wrote a fascinating book, which deals with this topic, among others. 800-848-9222. Neil is in Baltimore. Hello, Neil. Hey, Frank. I just wanted to say uh just a little bit. I wanted to give you a little gift for Thanksgiving next week. I might not be around for a few weeks, and I was sitting at the piano, and I was inspired by a song from the 70s that you'll recognize, and I just wanted to sing it to you if I could. Let's hear it. Hey, have you ever tried calling out to Frank on the other side? His topics are aliens and UFOs, so phone calls let's go. People, you know that late night is where it's at. Midnight is the time to chat. Accommodations, mail, and carmine, too. Frank wants to talk to you. 800-848-9222. There you go. That's I think that is magnificent, Neil. Well done. I think that is Thanks, great. Sir. Enjoy. That is terrific. Well, have a happy Thanksgiving, Neil, if I don't talk to you, okay? Thanks, my friend. Thank okay. you. Boy, you that, cause scored a couple of points in the listener of the week sweepstakes there. That was quite good. All right. 800-848-9222. Larry is in Brooklyn uh, exercising his waiver for being able to call twice in one day. Hello, Larry. Yes. Hi. I'm going to switch my comment. I'll leave Kathy Hochul alone. She's, she, she brings my blood pressure up so much. Anyway, I'd rather leave her alone Very nice. and switch to the Palestinians. You know, they, they actually make my blood pressure not as bad as her, you know, <laughs> believe it or not. I'm telling you, she, she makes me sick to no end. But, 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 but you know, putting that at bay, I have to comment on the Palestinians because it's so contemporary. First of all, the whole concept of speech this is so nauseating. A flag is not speech, okay? Speech is speech. I know, I know when, when, it's, when it's carried individually, it's called speech. When you hoist it over a governmental uh, uh, you know, building, it's not speech. What it is is it's a symbol of sovereignty, which is a threat to the, to the stability of government. And these idiots in Massachusetts didn't realize it. A flag is a, a symbol of sovereignty. But because it's so trendy to threaten the sovereignty of the United States, i.e. the sudden border, everything's going on, they think nothing of it. That, that's the first point. The second point I want to make is the Palestinians really don't even deserve a flag because the fact of the matter is it's purely a symbol of anti-Semitism. They ran out of their country when seven Arab nations invaded Israel in 1949. Now, to put the imprimatur on it, Jordan reconquered it, and then Israel took it from Jordan. So the slate was clean when Israel took it back from Jordan. If you if you sell your house and you claim fraud, but that that buyer sells it to an innocent third party, okay, 
you cannot go after that innocent right. person. Right, I understand the legality, city. Larry, but they, you know, people have a way of determining what flags they think are important for themselves, and a lot of people view the Palestinian flag differently than you do. In my view, the way to deal with this is only government flags only, and um, only government speech only. Uh, American flag, state flag, municipal flag, and because there's a special provision for it under the law, the uh, POW flag. <laughs> Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Mike is on Staten Island. Hello, Mike. Good morning, Frank. Morning. Great show. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to go back to the flag issue. I uh. Mike. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't believe any the American flag, and I'll tell you why. I I I'm from a time heritage. I grew. I loved it. I'm proud of my heritage, but I am a 100% American. And the only thing that bothers me about the Palestinian flag is while almost every flag in the world is, is flew. Mike, I'm losing you. I'm sorry. Y- your phone keeps cutting out, and it seems like you, you keep cutting out at the most important part of each sentence, so I'm sorry, but... Uh... Clearly, your daughter, Lindsay, should have used better mobile phone service as her birthday wish this week. 800-848-9222. Ellen is in New Jersey. Hello, Ellen. Good morning, Frank. First, I want to applaud you. Put your own name on commendations for next week for taking uh, the time to comment on one of your callers' statements about how he wants to see more Russians killed more anyone killed. I think, as you said, it's the most deplorable concept. I don't recognize our nation these days. I hear that so often, and it's scary and it's frightening. You made me think of a John Denver song. In addition to his activism for uh, the environment, he was very big on world peace, and he did put his money where his mouth was, so to speak. He wrote a song, I think it was in the 80s, called What Are We making weapons for. And it's just a general anti-war theme. Unfortunately, and I didn't think of this till after I called, it does involve Russia. It's him singing a duet, in fact, with a singer from Russia. I believe his name was Sasha, very popular there at the time. Each of them from the perspective of being the son of veterans of World War II Hmm. and how neither of their fathers wanted to get involved in this horrible war, but they had to fight for their country. And it talks about what was going on at home and, uh, you know, basically, why are we still doing this nonsense? So it looked at just what you were talking about, the human aspect of two men these days and or women being sent by their respective countries to kill one another because we can't resolve our conflicts like human beings. Well, Ellen, would you and give me the title of the song one more time? I just want to make sure I can jot it down yeah, here. Cool. Uh, it has a subtitle and it's um, blocked on it, but it's known as What Are We Fighting? What Are We Making Weapons For? And it's John Denver. He wrote it and his, uh, the recording is with the Russian singer Sasha.
Uh, Each of them, and there's a nice video too. Uh, you know, with you know, first John will sing something from his father's perspective, and then Sasha sings something from the perspective of the Russian soldier in the trenches for during World War II. Ellen, thank you. I uh, will definitely check that out. Uh, our listener of the week, Lisa in Connecticut. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, so the bat phone works. Thank you very much, Nick, for putting that through. <laughs> and uh, can I Venmo or cash? No, cash? no, don't worry about it. We're going to be okay. Thank you. Because $20, I mean, I could pay for it. No, and no, then, we're okay. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to say that Neil, wow, what a great job. What, that that was, did. and you're a musician. You appreciate exactly. talent. Exactly, so I had a good ear for that, obviously. And I was going to say, that's really good. Let's get him in the studio to record it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, now that uh, I, I completely agree, Lisa, thank you. Now that uh, Andy B is no longer with us, we need someone else to perfect his Thanksgiving song. Maybe what we can do is we have the last recording that Andy B did of this Thanksgiving song, which maybe we'll play next week. Maybe we can do like the Beatles did for this new AI Beatles song with John Lennon. Maybe we'll recreate Andy B using this last recording we have and then get him in studio with Neil and Lisa, and come up with a special Thanksgiving-themed song, because there are not enough Thanksgiving songs, as far as I'm concerned. All right, Gnome Layden's got the news. He will deliver it to us straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Here comes the weekend. A, a very sad story. The uh, son of actor Dana Carvey, a comedian uh, Dana Carvey, who's really one of my favorites. I loved him on Saturday Night Live. I actually listened to his podcast and um, obviously loved him in Wayne's World. Dex Carvey, the 32-year-old son of uh, Dana Carvey, has died at 32 years old from a drug overdose. Really just horrible. Absolutely uh, terrible. What else can you say? We've covered the drug issue a lot. And, um, you know, obviously this is someone that's going to get a lot more attention than the average 32-year-old that dies 
because of a drug overdose. But this is a big problem, and uh, they say this is one of the factors that is causing the disparity between male and female life expectancy to widen even more. So, uh, you know, I don't know the Carveys, but through listening to Dana Carvey's podcast, I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way with your favorite radio host or your favorite podcast. You feel like you know them, even though you don't know them. I, I kind of feel like I know Dana Carvey, and he would talk about his family a lot, and this is uh, certainly... Very sad and uh, wishing everybody the uh, the best of luck. And it's just uh, just another another one of the almost hundred thousand drug overdose deaths we're seeing every year now. Uh, this person, though, has a name. And the unfortunate reality is everybody has a name. All right. Um, the name that you need to know for news is. Stand by for the other side of midnight's news. Side of Midnight and its affiliated stations present national and international news with Frank Morano and news director Noam Layden. Their summary of the world news and personal comments. Get the rest of the story. Hello, Noam. Good morning, Frank. You don't need a working microphone, do you? Well, uh, I mean, somebody uh, check. Yeah, somebody check Noam's parking spot. Make sure his name hasn't been. Etched out. Um, all right, we're going to go back to the other one. No, that one doesn't work either. Do any of the microphones work other than mine? Um, well, let's see. Uh, oh, there you go. There's one with a red light. Okay. Does that work? There you go. All right. Uh, Frank, let's... But in the future, maybe we, we could check this before the show that Gnome's mic works. Uh, hate to yeah. see Gnome silenced. Yes, I, I hate being silenced. So go down, Frank, to Colima, Colima Mexico where there is a statue, a small statue, of the Virgin Mary that appears to be shedding tears. And as you might guess, this weeping Virgin Mary has believers flocking to the El Canal Church to witness this miracle. Hundreds reportedly visited this church yesterday to see this mysterious firsthand. Uh, videos uploaded to social media. I saw some of this on TikTok. Show these tiny water droplets seemingly coming out of the statue's eyes, running down her face. Wow. Uh, some residents, Frank, claim the tears are real because of how realistic the statue's eyes look. And others say they know why this Virgin Mary in uh, Colima, Mexico, is crying. They say the violence rate, the rate of uh, thievery, is at an all-time high. And they say it's no wonder the Virgin Mary is crying. She's seeing what she's seeing in this town. Things have been just as bad as they ever have been. Uh, so many murders, so many kidnappings and rapes, and they say that is why this Virgin Mary is crying. Now, of course, there's always skeptics who say this is all nonsense, and uh, one of them is this professor down there. His name is Luigi Garaselli. He says that uh, some statues have the ability to absorb water due to the poricity of the materials that they're made with. And if they're made with like a plaster Paris and you pierce part of that statue, even oh. accidentally – uh, it may look like water is coming down the eye. So there's the believers who say that's total nonsense. And then you have people like Luigi, the professor there, who say, nah, there's no crying of the statue. Somebody must have pierced the eye. Have you seen the images of the crying? I have. You have. And I mean, what does it look it like? It looks real. I mean, I'm watching the video and there's wow. tear after check this tear out. coming down her, uh, the I'm statue. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. 
Mary Hallie in uh, Colorado is a bartender and apparently a really good one. And she wears a sleeveless shirt as she uh, tends that bar. And she's a nice looking woman and uh, that probably helps her with the tips and that kind of thing. Sure. And chatting with the customers who order their drinks. And if you look on the side of her arm, she has a tattoo. And it looks like um, uh, a, something you would scan, like a QR code. And so, of course, that attracts a lot of attention. Like, why do you have a QR code on your shoulder? And so she says, well, why don't you take your phone and scan it? So people, of course, come over and they scan it. And uh, this is what they hear when they scan it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Yeah. Mambo number five. And that's incredible. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That is cool. So she has a Spotify QR code on her shoulder. And I did not know this. Maybe you're hipper to this stuff than I am. I don't be so sure. This became the craze during the pandemic. Lots of people had extra time on their hands uh, during the lockdown trying to think what they could do to their body. People love to put tattoos on. So the craze became a Spotify uh, QR code of their favorite song. In this case, Mambo number five for wow. Mary Haley and the bar at Colorado. Uh, others picked uh, all kinds of songs. I don't even know. I was trying to think what song I would choose if I was going to. Uh, well, can we myself. pick this podcast? Can we oh, have that about be it. the Spotify tattoo? What, but I think it would go to a specific episode, so you'd have to pick your best episode no. ever. That, now, that would be I, difficult to do. No, all be, of them are great. Would be, um, or at least firm in that mediocrity bell curve. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I that is I, that is really interesting. I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. I'm well, there's more to the story. Oh, Frank. Right. I didn't. I don't. I don't. You know, that's interesting. Don't tell but me this Mary's crying too. No, she's yeah. not. But um, she may be crying about this because what's happened is these people got inked during the pandemic. And uh, what's happening is as you get older, like with any old tattoo, it starts to stretch out. Your skin starts to stretch. And so now if you uh, take that same phone and put it over the barcode um, of Mary Haley's arm, you might not get anything because the lines have to be perfectly, uh. Uh, you know, have to be perfect. And so what's happened is a lot of people got these, by the way, these and Spotify was, you know, jazzed because they were all Spotify. Uh, and they say, um, yeah. What's happened is a lot of these people who got this tattoo, now it doesn't work anymore if you take your phone over it because their skin is stretched enough that the that barcode line is not perfect like it should be. It has to be very thin lines, and if your skin stretches, that line is no longer thin. And so now uh, one guy uh, said, okay, he kept trying it. He'd had people come up to his arm with a phone. It was, you know, it's like a bar trick essentially. Right. And um, everybody's like, it's not working. It's not working. So he had a dragon put over the tattoo. Oh. Well, I yeah. mean, I feel bad for him, but I feel like that's not a lot of time between getting the tattoo and, it, well, w you know, we, uh, whatever, degrading to the point where it's no longer functional. Well, it tells you a lot about what a tattoo does. Right. It's one or two years at the most. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, a, a number of these people complaining that their barcodes for Spotify no longer work. So do you, you have any tattoos? I do not. No. Well, no, I, no, I don't. Oh. Um in in Judaism, you're not supposed to get tattoos. Obviously, that's what right? I've heard. Yeah, but, okay. but I don't think I really. But stops that wouldn't anybody. have been the stop. No, the, yeah. I'm just not into the whole inking thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, same. 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 Um, over the last five years, Frank, a growing number of people have turned to rage rooms for unique date nights and bachelor parties. <laughs> have you heard about these rage rooms? <laughs> no, I had not either. I mean, I'd heard of like uh, throwing axes in a room. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's like. 
you know, they have those. Yeah, Axe Throw. They have that in Atlantic City uh, on the boardwalk. Yeah. And so the whole idea of this is to let out anger and rage. That's why it's called a rage room. I could use one of those today. You can – some of these have where you could hurl plates at a concrete wall. That would seem kind of satisfying. Uh, destroying a TV with a baseball bat, uh, taking a hammer to a framed photo of your ex-girlfriend. And uh, the people who own these rage rooms, and they become very popular, say they see all kinds of things happening inside these rage rooms. So they set up – they'll set up whatever you want, you, you know, within reason, whatever you want them to set up to smash. A lot of it has to do with ex-girlfriends, ex-husbands and wives, that kind of thing. Others are just bachelorette parties where they want to have a good time. It costs – on average, depending on where you are across the country, it can be 30 to $60 a person, which seems pretty reasonable. Um, but what they've now found is – so these, road, these rage rooms became popular in the last, let's say, year or so, that the connection between rage and love is very close. And there's a lot uh-huh. of psychological evidence about this as well. And so what uh, – in these rage rooms has happened, sometimes couples will come on a date night and they'll be smashing things, you know, plates and they'll be – uh, throwing TVs across the room and uh, and you know whatever it is they can break and then all of a sudden they'll be the passionately making out <laughs> in this room um, and in some cases these owners say uh, there's one place that's re- that's called the Rec Room in Las Vegas uh, he's had people just throw off all their clothes and start passionately making love in the rage room of all places. Wow. And so they have had to try to figure out, do we need to put up a sign outside these rage rooms? Because it's happening so often that these people come in with rage, but then it turns into some sort of weird uh, uh, passionate love making. My goodness. Yeah. And there's videos everywhere. So now what they've done, this one guy at the rec room in Las Vegas uh, says – he now has a sign. He put it up just in the last couple of weeks, actually, that says uh, this is really for rage and not for love. And uh, if you need to go make love, you know, this is Las Vegas. You can f- you can find a hotel room if you need to. My goodness. That is wild. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I'll let you get to back to the rage room, Noam. Uh, yeah. Have you a can good... join me there if you'd like. <laughs> I mean, not, weekend. you know, for rage, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good weekend. And now you know the rest of the story. 800-848-9222. We're going to do do 15 seconds of fame shortly where you can be heard on any subject you like for 15 seconds. Um, Oh, two quick things I want to mention. One is uh, obviously, you know, we're we're smack dab in the middle of the holiday season And uh, we are doing what we can here to try and feed some very needy people. So um, the Red Apple Audio Network, which is what syndicates this radio program and what owns this radio program, they're trying to make a real impact. And if you want to help smash hunger, you can do that same thing by donating to our Feed the Needy campaign. Your generosity can turn empty stomachs into full hearts. Every contribution, large or small, brings us one step closer to a hunger-free community. So if you want to help out, you can go to redappleaudionetwork.com slash feedtheneedy. So that's redappleaudionetwork.com slash feedtheneedy. You can donate today and be part of the change. Uh, Also, we'd appreciate it if you subscribed to the podcast. Uh, You can search The Other Side of Midnight and just hit the subscribe button and you will get uh, 
this program to your phone or your iPod, if anyone still has an iPod, each and every day. Hey, uh, the last week's Listener of the Week, Anonymous, and this is why I love the Listeners of the Week. They are always the Listener of the Week. You get that title, and it's almost like being a president. You're always Mr. President. You always act like the Listener of the Week, and he sent me a very good idea or a good, good suggestion. He said some things to mention when you have a minute. Follow-up ideas. The My armpit irritation and, ha- and hives, did it get fixed? It's a good question. I was having some severe irritation on my underarms, and I switched deodorants. I'm now using Dove instead of Old Spice. It is much better. I'd say it's about 80% better. There are still some red bumps there, but they don't itch anymore. So they are much, much better. And I think that change from Old Spice to to Dove really did make the difference. Two, how did your brother eventually get over the hiccups if he did? My brother Nicholas, Dr. Moreno, was experiencing perpetual hiccups. And so I asked him about this over the weekend, no, last weekend. He's over it. And he didn't do anything special. They just went away on their own. And finally, the driver's seat situation. Last we heard, it's locked into an up position. My wife just asked me about this yesterday. So we brought this to the dealership. They said, yeah, we should have your part to fix the seat in a day or two. That was four weeks ago. They have not fixed this thing they have absolutely done nothing. What? We are waiting for this part, which apparently you could have created the part from whole cloth and it would have taken less time. So we're not able to recline. It's it not excuse as excuse after excuse it's, after excuse. It's not as bad as if the car is per, the uh, car seat is perpetually in a lie down position, but it's still. Irritating. So the, that's the latest on that. All right. 15 seconds of fame straight ahead. The other side of midnight. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is Darlene Love singing about Christmas. Normally, I would never stand for Christmas music playing before Thanksgiving, but this is a birthday bumper music selection from one of my closest friends, Miriam Flynn, or as uh, all of her friends call her, Booty, uh, which is a name that has been with her since she was an infant. And uh, she is part of the social group that I get together with every Friday evening, although 
I have not been as diligent in uh, participating in this social group over the years. And uh, a wonderful person, a great mom, and a, a good friend lives just a couple of blocks away from me, and a, a friend for many years, and someone that uh, loves animals and loves people, loves the animals more than people, and a proud owner of a new dog as well. Uh, this is the third dog that she's had since we've been friends, and uh, wishing her the happiest of birthdays, because... If anyone deserves a happy birthday, it is Booty. So if you see Miriam Flynn today, perhaps in the county clerk's office in Richmond County, please wish her a happy birthday. It's funny. She used to make homemade Baileys for everyone else's birthday in our social group. And I think a cake. She used to make a cake for everybody. And then we missed someone's birthday and we stopped having that cake tradition. And when it would be her birthday, we used to think that we should not have her make her own cake. Some of us, because she's such a good baker, thought we should at least ask her to make her own cake. So we'll see what the we'll see what the consensus is today. We'll see where that goes. All right, without further ado. The other side of midnight. This is 15 seconds of fame. Blake. Blake. Roy. What do you get when you mix Rogaine with Viagra? Don King. And you should invite Curtis over for Thanksgiving because then you'll have enough of turkey because the size of him, that being a turkey, that you can feed all of Staten Island. Ray. Hey, some tough denunciations there, Frank, but they deserve them all. What a wacky crew. An early happy birthday to Carmine. Have, have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you. Rusty. Yes, she thinks Sid's getting any calls from the mayor on the phone anymore? Bye. Robert. Fly the American flags, U.S., state, and municipal. On Veterans and Memorial Day, fly the services, Marines, Air Force, Navy, and Army. Lenny. When is Lou Watini Jr. finally coming on your show? Who? Lou Martini Jr. from the Sopranos. Oh, hopefully soon. Lisa. Okay, I have 15-second trivia for you. What's the number one selling song of all time? Who has the number one most albums? And who sold the most records in 2023? Do you know the three questions? Is it Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift is one. Who's the number one selling song of all time? I give up. got to tell me. White Christmas. White Christmas. Oh. Number one most albums and how many? Uh, you got me. Beatles with 19 chart toppers. There you go. George. Everyone should stop buying these JFK books and start buying all of Pat Buchanan's books. Go, Buchanan, go. Ray. New Yorkers need to stand up for their rights. They're paying taxes and getting screwed. They need to hit the streets and protest. Thank you. Mike. Morning, Frank. Uh, permission to make an analogy? Kenneth was like an old catcher's mitt, broken in, dependable, dusty perhaps, a broken lace or two. Nick, shiny and new right off the rack, needs a good break in, a little oil maybe. He'll prove dependable or he won't. On that note, that slams the lid on things for today. I hope you have a great weekend. I may do a Facebook Live broadcast tomorrow, uh, so if you want to check that out, follow my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Morano Fan. 
Uh, if you want to read that Bin Laden letter, you can go to MoranoVision.com. I'll be back on Monday, God willing, with Colonel Daniel Davis and a whole lot more. Frank Morano, good day.